I always try to sprinkle in some humor during my podcast to kind of break this whole serious appeal of my podcast. So imagine how surprised I was when Sophia, a great friend and an even greater host of Memory Box, her own podcast, told me she cried when listening to part one. Maybe she was just messing with me or maybe I'm just so hashtag real and for the girls. And even with all the band tees and music taste of the ghost of 90s past, I still managed to find ways to get with girls that middle school me would never imagine that I'd hang out with. Yes, 13-year-old B, you're a Swifty now cooing over little toys and trinkets. I know, I know. I'm just as surprised as you. Part one was all about displaying my thoughts and taking an almost a spoken word article format when it came to talking about Barbie. But this week, I figured I'd just sit down all casual and give this different perspective to the whole growing up as a girl thing. I briefly skimmed over it in the first part, so I think I'd build upon that even more. Up first, a little context. I don't really talk about myself that much or my past before high school. It's kind of my thing. I'm a little secretive, I know. And sure, I make fun of my younger self all the time, but it's just kind of distract myself from what a little shit I was. I mean, I bet we all thought we were little shits back then, so I guess I'm not alone. But back in, oh my god, eighth grade, yeah. I really didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't have any kind of friend to talk to, so I kind of resorted into believing that I was too good enough to have friends, especially ones that were girls. Female companionships made me cringe, and I really thought that I wasn't like the other girls. And I really wasn't, for that moment at least. While other girls were out at the mall and playing together at recess, I was by myself reading on the bleachers. I'd spend times alone listening to music to isolate myself from people I thought that didn't like me. I made myself invisible because I didn't want to accept the truth, which was that I was a straight-up loser. Well, from middle schooler in 2018 at least. So when I thought about that girl who hid herself from the world, I got all sad. Sad just thinking about all the lost opportunities she could have had if she'd just spoken. Watching Barbie and turning 18 very, very soon just made me think about her even more. I think I watched Barbie at the perfect time. I was about to start my senior year and be near that point of becoming an adult. My childhood and formative years were soured, but Barbie healed that giant wound that was in my heart. I had walked into this key part of my life, which was just growing the hell up. And isn't that scary, though? It feels like I was just that invisible and meek girl, and now I'm everything I swore I wouldn't be. I rewrote my own definition on what it means to be beautiful and pretty. Silly to think that a doll could make me feel this way, but it was this moment of reflection for me and all of the female friendships I've started, neglected, and ended, and restarted again. I've started over just in my sophomore year with a blank slate and lots of girls that I am incredibly glad to have met. The girls in my life now have taught me such valuable lessons, and the first one was just reteaching myself what it means to be a girl. I love to joke that I'm literally so Fiona Apple and Sofia Coppola coded, but there may be some truth in that, but I think my definition of what it means to be a girl has definitely changed over the years. I believe that I finally found myself in what makes me comfortable in my own skin. The people listening probably know that. I show up in basically the same thing whenever free dress is bestowed upon us, and you can probably picture it right now. Think a t-shirt, pants, flannel, either Vans or Docs, and if I'm feeling a little silly, I'll switch it up with a sweater or a nicer shirt. But it's usually just a combination of a t-shirt, flannel, and Vans. I'm extremely aware of this, but hey, whatever makes me feel comfortable, right? You can catch me in the same thing if you find me out, wherever that may be. And even though I dress somewhat basic, I still feel good. I wake up, do my morning routine, put my makeup and clothes on, and I'm able to go in the mirror and say, Damn, B, you look good today. And that's enough for me. The fact that I'm confidently able to look at myself in the mirror and smile is all that I need to know that I do love myself. 
my own definition on what it means to be pretty has definitely changed over the years. But as of now, it's just all about being able to feel pretty no matter what that may look like for you. But coming to terms with finally seeing myself as pretty took a very long time. Of course, middle school definitely played a big part in this, but I think another part was just never hearing from others that I looked pretty. I never really got compliments because I didn't really look like I was worthy of one, honestly. I wasn't stereotypically or conventionally pretty or attractive, so it led to me being the odd one out. Obviously, I was hurt by this, but I was so naive that I never really took it that seriously. I shrugged it off and went on with my day. But years later, people finally began to tell me these compliments. Basic ones even surprised me. I'd end up all flustered and confused. Like, I'd literally ask them why they thought I was worthy of such a basic compliment. And I still do this. Try telling me I look really pretty today or my makeup or hair look good, and I really wouldn't know what to say. Why? It's because it's the first time I've ever heard people tell this to me. And what I've now begun to realize is that it only took me losing weight, changing my hair, clothes, appearance, speech, and almost everything else to get people to notice me. Think Mia's transformation in The Princess Diaries. That's exactly what's happening to me. All of a sudden, people know my name and want to talk to me. Well, kind of. I mean, kind of, because there's still people that are just now warming up to me. I know I don't have the kindest face on the planet. I think I just came out of the womb looking like this. I've been blessed and cursed with a resting bitch face since 2005. And I still have to let people know that I'm not going to scare them off and that I'm not mad at them, and I just look like this. I could be grabbing coffee or hanging out the farmer's market, and I still look like that I don't want to be there. It sucks, but when I open my mouth, everything changes. You get the voice of someone who's just trying her best to sound softer and kinder than she ever was. I found it a personal struggle of mine to find my own voice, as mentioned a million bazillion times on this podcast and in personal conversations, and it all stems from that 13-year-old girl not knowing if she'd have any friends when she entered high school. After being met with laughs and talks behind her back, I didn't know if I'd start my high school years with people that wanted to actually be my friend or with people who had something kind to say to me. Here come the music references. When I listened to Leve's new album, Bewitched, earlier this month, the song that hit the hardest was Letter to My 13-Year-Old Self. I sobbed. I, like, I actually ugly cried. Just sitting down and taking in her lyrics of self-assurance to younger Leve just made me feel like I wasn't some crazy person for wanting to tell my younger self that she'd turn out to be just fine. But what really hit home were the lines, quote, You'll grow up and grow so tough and charm them. Write your story, fall in love a little too. Things you thought you'd never do. End quote. End quote. Keep on going with your silly dream. Life is prettier than it may seem. End quote. And I start tearing up even just reading them out loud. Even though I still want to punch myself in the face and tell that young girl to speak, maybe that was all part of the process. Finding myself to become someone that has a real presence in the world still surprises me. I never thought I'd live to see people tell you that I'm, you know, amazing, clever, funny, and confident. When she said those lines about going on with your silly dream, that was enough for me to sob like a baby. I cried because I really did go on with my dream of wanting to tell stories and becoming like the podcasters and authors I loved when I was younger. Even though I was stuck in my self-isolating ways, I never failed to make stories in my head and come up with a dream world in which I wasn't invisible. Luckily for me, I woke up and actually found myself in that dream world I came up with. To see myself grow up and heal that little girl who was scared of everything is all the reassurance I need to know that I'm on the right path. And Leve is right. Life really is prettier than it may seem. Even with all the rough patches and weeks filled with tears and failures, it is still so much better than the life you lived when you were a little thing. It's colorful, loud, and it's filled with people that love you so, so, so much. And maybe that's all little bee needed. 
She just wanted someone to see herself heal her younger self, and she thought it was okay to be like the other girls and smile and laugh just like them. I'm always growing and changing, and whatever other verb I can think of. The way I'm perceived is probably different for everyone, but they could probably reduce me down to that one girl who looks way too much like Wednesday Adams and knows how to write a damn good essay and some even better baked goods. But yeah, that's probably I could be reduced down to. I always think about how I'm seen by others all the time, since one could tell you I'd grow up to become this killer journalist who can be found on the beach on the weekends, or someone else could tell you something totally different. But okay, maybe I'm just some future hippie surfer journalist waiting to happen. Who knows? But it's funny though. I never thought people would actually think about me. But breaking news: B, you have hobbies and interests that other people can connect with. And oh no, they're cute and everything middle school you would have hated. Oh no, you're like other girls. You like wait, not like love Taylor Swift and Sunny Angels and all these cute little things. How terrifying! Taylor Swift, love her or hate her, she is everywhere. I denied it for such a long time, but underneath the flannels and '90s music, I am a major Swifty. Hell, I even saw her live when I was like nine years old. I was thinking about why I found myself drawn to her again, and then realized that I was probably healing my inner child—the little girl who danced in her room to 1989 and watching her music videos for the first time. I remember, I think I was like 11, and the music video for "Look What You Made Me Do" came out, and my brain was like rewired or something. She's an icon for a reason. She's such a big part of so many girls' lives because they can resonate with her songs and stories. While I haven't gone through a soul-crushing breakup myself or had my reputation destroyed online, I still relate to some of her songs. For me, her songs like "Illicit Affairs," "Invisible String," "Mirrorball," "Clean," "You're on Your Own, Kid," and even "Labyrinth," just to name a few, resonate with me. But only some lines really hit home. Taylor Swift was my Fiona Apple when I was nine years old. She was probably one of the only things that made me. Genuinely, really happy, and made me want to listen to the lyrics of her songs. Taylor Swift is known for her eras, where she debuts a new concept of herself for every new album cycle, and she kind of has to, or else people will forget about her, and she'd end up fading into irrelevance. And I'd say the same thing applies to other girls too. We kind of have to constantly change ourselves in order for people to see us, and it's kind of a pain in the ass. Taylor has settled on one version of herself that she's the most confident in right now, and I'd say I'm like that too. I settled into this version of myself that's comfortable and most importantly confident. I'm especially, I'm especially much more confident around the people that I love the most since I feel like I don't have to put on a front for them. I can be myself, and of course, as a teenage girl, that means being someone who gets all these big feelings. What did you expect? Shocking, but I do catch feelings even after having this reputation of quick rejections and intentional stabs in the back. So when I listened to Labyrinth and heard all these repetitive lines of "Uh oh, I'm falling in love again." I was like, "Oh shit! I think I might have feelings again," but that's all I'm gonna say though. It's so funny to have all these big feelings come crashing in at once. But I mean, I'm literally just a girl. I feel so deeply, or whatever Fiona Apple said. Going back to the eras metaphor, I really have gone through all these cycles of change as I've gotten older, and I've learned a lot of things along the way. The reason why I am the way I am today took years of life lessons and metaphorical slaps in the face. Where I had to tell myself that I needed to change, but I wouldn't have changed if it weren't for the people around me today. From all my friends to even teachers who saw me at my weakest points, they all taught me things about myself that I would never have learned by myself. Because of them, I learned how to laugh and smile again, and see that I could become the best version of myself. My friends are everything to me. They probably know that. I write them sentimental cards and letters, and give personal gifts, and make sure that they're loved and seen and heard, and all that. 
And I think it's just 13-year-old me forgiving all of the friendships I neglected and ended out of selfishness. I really did neglect all of my female friendships, and it did lead me to walking alone to class and eating lunch by myself. And I feel like shit just thinking about all the could-haves and what-ifs of my life. But then I have to realize that I'm not 13 anymore, and I never will be again. I can't go back and change my life, no matter how hard I try. It will always remain the same, and I just- and I have to be okay with that. I have to be present and in the moment. Like, I'm not the same girl in middle school who ate alone, and I am most definitely not the same girl who read alone in front of her English classroom. So, you know, take it as you want, but sometimes it's just best to leave things behind. I mean, I did, and look where it got me. I'm present, there are people who actually like me, and I'm finally starting to get this whole girl thing. TLDR, I was meant to fall apart and rebuild myself, and now I'm hashtag living, laughing, and loving, even with all these big feelings. Okay, that was personal, but like in a good way though, I had to process all these feelings and ideas that came to me while I was writing episode 10, so I figured I'd provide some humanity and context to switch things up a little. I know I'm supposed to be striving to be this generation's Ira Glass, Sarah Koenig nightmare, but I'm just trying to find my own little thing here, okay? Oh, also, also, I sound really cheery right now, but I have an update. I'm working on a website for So She Speaks, and it's, it's been going pretty well. I have all these other things I want to share, like other articles, playlists, and other antics I've been getting up to. Shout out the high-tech electronic music ensemble. And I have all these plans and projects I want to share, so hopefully things will be up and running soon. Also, if you're feeling compelled and inspired by the messy mind of a teenage girl, there should be another playlist to supplement that feeling in the description. And now that you've listened to me go on about the mess that comes with growing up as a girl, I suggest you grab yourself a girl dinner. I highly suggest salami, fruit, and a silly drink of your choice. And go watch a Sofia Coppola film whilst you're enjoying your GIRL!